Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Said it's alright. Said it's alright. It's alright to have a good time. It's alright. Oh, it's alright. We're gonna move it slow. When the lights are low. When you're moving slow, it's time I can know. Cause it's alright, oh it's alright Now listen to the beat Kinda pat your feet You got soul, everybody knows Cause it's alright, oh it's alright It's coming to you I said now it's alright It's alright It's alright Have a good time It's alright Oh it's alright Now everybody clap your hands Now give yourself a chance It's alright now here we go. You got soul Everybody knows it's alright. Oh, I'm saying one more time. Everybody clap your hands. Now give yourself a chance. There we go. Have you got soul? Everybody knows it's alright. Oh, it's alright. Cause you've got soul. Everybody knows, cause it's alright, oh it's alright I said you've got soul, everybody knows It's alright, oh it's alright Not a bad way to start a Sunday morning Let us pray God, with signs of spring surrounding us, the chirping of birds, the racing of snakes, the rustling of trees in full bloom, our spirit seeks you, O Lord, our steadying firm ground, a reassurance that the change around us and within us is of you. May our spirits find rest in this time together, O Lord, led by movements of worship May our spirit find you. Amen. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when song 
in confirmation class, which is the class where you learn the story about the history of the church and you write down what you believe about Jesus Christ and the church. I think I was in confirmation class when I learned that weekly worship is supposed to be both comforting and challenging in our relationship with God. And this next part of worship together where we say this prayer of admission, this is part of the challenging part where we are to be really honest with ourselves and with each other and with God about things that aren't quite right, places where we fall short in following Jesus. But it's followed quickly after by these assurance words, these words from Jesus that no matter what, Christ's grace extends to us. 
So knowing both of those things, I invite you to read the prayer of admission with me now. Lord, we admit that we don't follow all of your commandments. We can be selfish. We ignore what is uncomfortable. We ignore people who make us uncomfortable. You call us to love. Forgive us for not loving others as you love. Give us courage to try what feels impossible. Hear us now as we pray silently. these comforting words of scripture, Romans 8. There is nothing, not one thing, that can separate us from Christ's love for us. Know that, receive that, be grateful. Amen. Uh, there's an exciting thing happening today if you are a kid. Um, the kids are meeting up here from four to six to celebrate the church turning 10. Y'all might remember the adults had their chance in December to get a little rowdy and celebrate, making it 10 years. Now the kids get to celebrate. There's gonna be a DJ. I heard there might be pelicans, um, some fun games. So if you are a kid, tell the person who can drive in your household <laughs> to bring you to church at four, all right? And if you're a parent and you wanna stay, um, we'd love to have you. It's a good chance to meet some other parents. Um, for, here's the thing, you gotta pick up your kid at six, all right? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, and we're grateful to the parents who made it happen. Um, also, Discover Downtown is coming up. That's a dinner. I've seen some new faces here, um, quite a few, and it's a dinner for you. So if you are exploring the church and you just want to hear a little bit more of our story and uh, meet some new people, that's going to be at Pastor Lucas's house a week from Wednesday. I'll be there. And um, it's free, but we do ask that you register so we can have enough food. All right. Our scripture today comes from Leviticus way back in the Old Testament, 
Um, and I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. We usually read the New Revised Version, but I just thought alien, that language didn't really resonate as well. So we're reading from the New International Version today. Listen for God's word. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The word of God for the people of God. I'm calling today's sermon the shoe sermon. How many of you have ever tried on someone else's shoe? All right, now here I'm gonna put a little qualifier around it. It can't be like your best friend who, you know, has about the same size shoe and same style. I'm not talking about that, all right? I'm also not talking about like when you go to a sneaker shop and when you're about to touch that like Air Jordan, you know, they're already asking for your size that you can try on both of them. Like technically those aren't your shoes, but they might as well be, right? Not talking about that. So how many of you have tried on somebody else's shoe, a shoe that didn't quite fit? All right, still some of you. This is awesome. I uh, found myself in that situation back in college. We went on a trip to hike in the mountains and uh, I forgot to pack hiking boots. So here we are, you know, we've got like two days. We've scrounged up all of our, our, our dollars to rent this cabin together. We're sipping coffee and I, I don't have hiking shoes. You know, we're looking outside, it's a day like today, like begging, the mountains are begging for us to get out there. And so my friend decides she's gonna start looking through closets in this house to find me some hiking boots. Lo and behold, she comes back. She finds some that look kind of like this, you know? Like they're the kind of, of hiking boots that if you own a cabin in the woods, you might just leave them there, you know? Like nobody else needs to see these. They don't get cleaned very often. They're just there, you know, if you need them. So she brings them to me, right? Y'all pray I don't fall up here, okay? She brings them to me, and I put them on, and they're warm. They're warm, y'all. I didn't even try to smell them. I just tried to keep my nostrils far away from these shoes that I was putting on. So I laced them up, right? And we go, and I'm hiking in these shoes, And somehow they are both too big and too small. Have y'all ever had a shoe like that before? Okay, I feel so known. So they're too small on like the wide part of my foot, right? So I can feel the rubbing action that is happening on that bone that juts out right before my big toe, right? Like there's gonna be a massive blister there. And I can feel that it's tight too on like the top of my pinky toes on both sides, you know, like early in the hike, I know what's happening. So it's too tight there, but then somehow it's too big at the top and at the back. So I'm doing this thing, um, I'm gonna describe this motion, motion to you. So like if you're at the beach and it's raining and you've got like your old Navy flip-flops on and you're trying to keep your flip-flops on, there's something we all know how to do, right? You like suction with your toes and the arch of, see, y'all know, I feel so known today. You suction with like your toes and the arch of your foot to like keep the shoe on. So I'm doing that action and I've got the rubbing happening and I'm just miserable. 
Like when we get back to the cabin, I cannot wait to take off these shoes. I'm not trying to put other shoes back on. I just need to take off these shoes and be in my own skin once more. Hold on, I gotta do these right. I'm not trying to fall up here. I feel like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Y'all see shoes, they, they aren't really meant to be shared. You know, like we don't swap around shoes, particularly if we are different sizes and shapes, which of course we are. That's how God made us. We're not meant to swap shoes like interchangeable batteries. I can't wear your shoes comfortably just like you probably can't wear mine. And yet, wearing another's shoes is exactly what our faith calls us to do. In the Bible, specifically right here in Leviticus, we find a code of ethics for holy living. When you flip the pages before what we read in Leviticus 19, you'll see this whole litany of laws for holy, faithful living together. And each law ends with this refrain, I am the Lord your God. As I was reading through those earlier this week, I kept thinking about Pastor Charles' sermon a few weeks ago about house rules, you know, how, how every house has a set of rules and you might have to adjust from one house to another. And if somebody walks into your house and starts breaking the rules and saying, well, why do I have to follow those rules? We might say, well, my house, my rules, right? It feels like that's what God is saying here. I am the Lord, your God. And as a people of God, we learned that the law these rules for our faith are given to us out of love. When God calls Moses up on Mount Sinai and hands over the 10 commandments, it is out of love. It's like a gift that God has given us because God knows that we will fare far better if we look out for one another. And the only way for us to look out for one another is to get to know one another, to walk a mile in another's shoes, or at least to try the shoes on. This law we just read about loving the foreigner among us as we love ourselves, it comes toward the end of the litany of the laws. And I have to wonder if God saved, God saved some of the really hard ones for the very last. God knows we don't like sharing shoes just as much as we don't like putting on worn, like maybe not cleaned shoes. And yet it is how empathy grows. It is how we start to ask questions about what is it like for somebody else to walk in their shoes. Quite frankly, it's a spiritual practice that we cannot ignore. For if we ignore it, the warning is pretty clear. We will oppress each other. It's a pretty disappointing truth of our humanity. When we don't know each other, when we don't learn about each other's stories, we will oppress each other. I mean, think about the Israelites. This code of ethics was written specifically and given for the Israelites. And they are establishing themselves again. Not too long ago in their history, they were enslaved in Egypt. They themselves were oppressed. And those generational scars well outlive the people who first received them. One would think that they wouldn't need to be reminded not to oppress others, 
They were foreigners themselves once, right? But they do need the reminder, as do we. And I can't say that I blame them because after living in borrowed boots for just, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, I'm eager to get home back into my own skin. I can't blame them for just wanting to live, just wanting to recover, not wanting to volunteer to put on somebody else's shoes. It's pretty exhausting when we continually try on others' shoes when we make a practice of it. Because it takes time to learn someone else's story and to ask enough questions that you actually kind of get a feel of where where the shoe rubs a little too hard or where you have to work extra hard to keep that shoe even with you. It can be exhausting to take the time to think, to not only learn about someone else and how they live in this world, but ask the question, what would it be like for me? What would I want to be true for me? Here's a very light example. A few weeks ago, I was up in my office and I was, I was reading and I saw this group of people about my age walking down our courtyard toward the back of our building. I'm a curious individual. So I get up and I walk down. I found somebody else was here, so we walk out together. It's a group of skateboarders. And um, they have set up back here, they've got a sweet video camera And these, I mean, they might be like semi-professional. They are starting back here, skating, then they jump up to the top of our stage and then they jump down like the 10, 15 feet down to the lawn below us. I'm not gonna lie, I watched from here just a few times and it's a pretty sweet jump that they were taking. But it's my job, you know, being here, knowing that you all technically own this building, that I probably should tell them that it's not safe, that they need to move on. Here's the thing though, as I was walking toward them, I felt this tension inside me. And the tension was knowing what the right thing to do, right, to to politely ask them to leave. But then this other part of me that remembers being a kid in the church that always got yelled at for running on the balconies and stealing candy out of the secretary's drawers and the shame that I felt when somebody told me that I didn't belong, that I was too messy or too uncertain or too uncontrollable. I didn't want that for anybody, not in God's house. So what am I doing? But I'm trying to put their shoes, their cool skateboarding shoes on my feet. Think, what's it gonna be like for them? Sure enough, as I open the door right and they see the church lady <laughs> walking out to them, they tense up, right? Like they try to hide. Like I don't know what they're doing, you know? And I walked up to them and I said, let me see that again. They said, what? So they set up, they do their cool tricks. I was like, that is amazing. I'm like, let me see it on your video camera. Should they show it to me? I'm asking their names. I'm getting their Instagram handles so I can follow them later. And they're like, whoa, you're gonna let us stay? I was like, I can't. (laughs) Like, I'm not an attorney, but I know way too many of you are. And I have learned about liability and like, you know, our responsibility for community safety. And y'all, they know that those jumps are not safe. Like, that's what makes them so cool. They are not safe. So I said, listen, I can't. Like, I really can't be here. And, you know, the elders of the church know that I'm here and let you be doing some cool stuff and posting about it online and all that. No, I can't. I can't do that. But I do want you to know that um, I'm glad you're here. 
and I can let you use our bathrooms and I can make you some coffee and I can give you some water and they couldn't believe it. They said, you're not gonna call the cops? I said, no, I mean, are, are you gonna go? And they were like, yeah, sure, we can skateboard back here. I was like, cool. What was really cool though is I wasn't just putting on their shoes, y'all, they were trying on mine, you know? Like we had enough of a conversation for them to realize that I'm responsible for people's safety as much as I can be in this building. And, and they got that, they got that it's cool if they do dangerous stuff, but if they're doing it on our property, then we're responsible for it. We were trying on each other's shoes and it was paving a way forward. That's the light example. Here's a harder one. I'll never forget the first time I saw the exhibit of shoes at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. I think I was in middle school and we were on like a church mission trip and on our day off from doing service in Washington, D.C., we had a choice of like three museums that we could go to. The Holocaust Museum was one of them I'd never been, and I just finished reading Anne Frank's diary and I thought she was baller. Like her young courage was so inspiring, I wanted to go. But nothing could prepare me for what I saw. I walked in to this exhibit and it's like floor to ceiling glass and it's piled shoes and it's overwhelming the sheer number of them, to be able to see them. It's overwhelming that an entire community was killed in the incarceration camps. It's all of their shoes. I remember first feeling overwhelmed by the sheer number of them, but then as you get closer, I felt overwhelmed by the intimacy of them. Like that one definitely belonged to a young girl. That one definitely belonged to an older gentleman. Those look like they belong to some skateboarders. <laughs> the sight of these shoes, it caught my breath. It created this lump in my throat. What is it about shoes that tell a story? What is it about shoes that invite us to get into what it feels like of someone else's bruises and scrapes. I didn't wanna try on any of those shoes, nor was I given the offer to, but just seeing them compelled some compassion in me. Just seeing them made me think about who are we to decide who gets to live and who has to die. Who are we to create divisions between people and then oppress each other? What I know to be true is that we, followers of Jesus, we have this book of ethics that challenges us to do otherwise, that challenges us to do the hard thing of putting on someone else's shoe, a shoe we would not pick out for ourselves. Y'all, here's the theology of it. We must try on each other's shoes because God tried on ours. We must try on each other's shoes because God tried on ours. 
God who created the world into being, who breathed life into each one of us, who, who sent these laws out of love and nudged us and cared for us and tried over and over again to get us to walk in the right way. When it didn't work, God put on our shoes. God put on flesh and came near to each one of us. Jesus, God with us. And from newborn to crucified, he tried on every experience of suffering we could ever imagine. To be of Christ, to be of love, we must try on each other's shoes. After all, God has tried ours on. Amen. Let 
We give you thanks, O oh Lord, that you love us so much, that you give us rules out of love for the whole, calling us to attend to and care for the needs of one another. And we ask your help, O oh Lord, as we stretch our muscles of empathy, as we get into another's shoes, may we grow in compassion, may we grow in our walk with you. And we pray, oh Lord, this day for people in shoes that aren't so hard to imagine, those without food and without drink and without shelter, those separated from loved ones, those near death. And we pray for those with anxiety and depression and illness that keep us from living our true full lives. Be with them, Lord, be with us. And we pray together the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to stand and to say aloud with me what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Beloved, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Oh 
try on each other's shoes because God has tried on ours. As you go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.